This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site, so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you, and have a great week. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's... uh. I was kind of joking about it this week. I said, uh, we're approaching Thanksgiving. So, you know, this first verse here, it, it says in 1 Corinthians, Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. And uh, another version says, be careful what you eat. And I say, man alive. Self-control, a subject after Thanksgiving, when I'm displaying totally the opposite uh, with my friends and family, and uh, and you know it, all the uh, all the des- homemade desserts made, and and you know you think I could just pick one of them? No way! You got to have a little piece of everything. So. So, but you know, to say that we're entering into the last fruit of the spirit with self-control, and and that's the subject for after Thanksgiving, uh, I'll repent for all of you. <laughs> right. So, so it's uh, but self-control. Holy Spirit took me down a a, a, a different kind of road, and I and I think uh, you know all of us maybe. All of us do have a pre-perception when we hear self-control. And sometimes, sometimes we'll come up to our minds our very own weaknesses. And, 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 but you know what? God has a lot to say about self-control. And, and maybe you're going to hear some things that were not really kind of repeated in your mind, but see some of God's perspective on self-control. Amen? Amen? So I, I wanted to start this off with a person that was called by God very young, very young, but displayed in his life a lack of self-control. And we all know who that is. It's Samson. Uh, Samson says uh, in Judges, the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson, and he grew, and the Lord blessed him. Blessed him through all his messiness. All of his messiness. You know, and we just put one thing, you know, and really evident right when he became of age and to fall in love and want to start a life with, with a woman of his choice. It says here, Samson went down to... Timon and saw a young woman, a Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Tamar, and now get her for me. I want her as my wife. His father and mother replied, 
isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives and among your people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She is the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who is seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. You know, it's kind of funny. It says, you know, anybody from an ethnic family group, like me, Greek, you know, and, and the expectation, at least for my grandmothers, was that I would, in the, in the, in the, kind of make a Greek accent, marry a Greek woman, you know? And then, and then, of course, you know, I got born again in my late 20s. I started pursuing Jesus all my heart and soul and mind. And I, and I put in the back, my back thoughts, I said, Lord, you have an amazing woman for me. And, and I just know and you reveal her to me at the right time. Well, then, and then Nancy came into my life, and, and uh, we started dating, and we, we started to really know that we were meant for each other. And then along that journey, along that journey as we were, we were and we're going to get more into this, but, uh, of that we really felt that we were, we were called to be husband and wife together, uh, uh, some kind of... Uh, a self-proclaimed prophet, I'll say, came to both of us and said, we should not get, mar get married because the finger was on Nancy that she would destroy your life. And But you know what? It, and the whole idea, the whole idea is have confidence in who you are and have confidence in the God that loves you. And those words just kind of went right off and we, it had no effect on us as we pursued. And then God, by his grace, by his grace, uh, defined that through her father and my mother uh, just plainly came to us at our homes and said, you know, her mother, her father said, Nancy, that Greek guy that's come around, if you married him, you'd have my blessing. And then my mother randomly, I was at home and says, Byron, yeah, Nancy, you brought around. If you married her, you'd have my blessing, and that we we and we pondered that in our hearts, and then uh, so that came a time of engagement. And here here's the deal. Here here's Samson announcing, "I love this woman." This Jewish family said, "Wait a minute, you can't find a beautiful Jewish woman. What's wrong with you? You know that you have to go to these uncircumcised Philistines to go find a wife." Well, I, my grandmother was amazing, Grandma Barclays. And, and it came time to make the big announcement to grandparents. And I said, I came to her and I said, Grandma, in Greek, yaya, I said, I'm going to get married. The first words, like this verse is here, the first words that came out of her mouth, is she Greek girl? And I said, no, no, Grandma, but she's amazing. She loves Jesus. Then the next words that came out of her, like to it, what is she? <laughs> we haven't got to the name yet. And what is she? And I said, well, she's basically German. Oh, no. 
Oh, oh. Then, then she's then she said then then finally asked, well, well, what's her name? What's her name? I said, oh, her name is Nancy. And she went like this, Nazi. Oh, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> but but we are well down the road of God confirming our lives together, and uh, and and you know just fast forward when when our. When our son, uh, 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 John, our firstborn son, was to be baptized, and both grandmothers were still alive, and, and, and we, uh, God put it up our hearts, be all things to all men, that you might win some. So we went to the Greek Orthodox Church and asked permission to baptize him in the Greek Orthodox Church for the sake of my grandmothers. And, uh, and, and the priest was willing amazingly willing because they're really tight with each other and they don't allow this kind of thing to happen, but he did. And then I asked permission. I said, well, at baptism in the Greek Orthodox Church, after the baptism, there's a big celebration. Big, huge celebration. Get, get the food out. Get the things out. and Dance and love and have a big celebration. I said, in that celebration, do you mind if I share to all my family during that celebration. And I was honoring him as a priest. And he said, sure, go ahead. So I was able to just share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole family, hundreds of them, in a celebration in the basement of an Eastern Orthodox Church. And, and I, I want to share with you that when you do things God's way, because uh, it only takes a little faith but both my yayas believed in Jesus and, and came to know him. And I know I'll see them again in his kingdom. Self-control. How important is self-control? I think the level has come to a higher level in the day that you and I live. And there are some scriptures that talk about in the end times that that's a characteristic of our lives that needs to rise up. Here's the verses. In 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. I don't know how near, but I, I feel like it's close. I feel like it's close. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded, or in other words, self-controlled, so that you may pray. And it, and it seems like when, when the situation, the world situations get worse and worse, if we focus on what's happening in the world, it can have effect in diminishing our prayers. But our focus on the return of Jesus and the, our hope in him, it's, it would seem to cause us to pray more and then increase our prayer activity. Follow me? So then another verse in 1 Peter says, Therefore, with minds that are alert, fully sober or self-controlled, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. See, the, the most exciting thing of a Christian is that we're going to come that time we're going to see him face to face. And, and seeing him face to face 
is, is something that having self-control operating in our life and having, having that encouragement flourishing in our lives, it'll be a time of reunion that, that is only possible what the hope on the grace to be brought to you. What does that mean? What does that mean? When Jesus, when you finally meet Jesus face to face, he's not going to point out all your failures. His arms are going to be open to welcome you. It's amazing. Like I said during communion, the, as far as the Father is concerned, I will remember your sins no more. So if there's a kind of a fear of meeting him, that kind of evaporates when you know the grace of God and his great love for us. He's not judging you for your mistakes. So, if that's supposed to be, self-control is supposed to be a very important thing as we anticipate his coming back, the next thing that we see from God's word, and it's all about self-control, is to guard your heart. And guard your heart with all diligence. Watch out. Guard your heart. And there's some verses from Proverbs that says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. You know, and, and that's, it's very important that, that, that self-control elevates itself in our life because I, I don't know about you, I don't want to leave my life open to destruction. I want my life to be open for his blessing and provision. Then it goes on to say in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So it's a very important that as, as we live as believers in, in the area of self-control to guard your heart. Guard your heart. And then in Proverbs 3.25, very interesting. Very interesting. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of ruin that overtakes the wicked. You see, uh, the, the product of self-control has everything to do with connection with Jesus Christ and an intimate connection with Jesus Christ. Because with, have no fear of sudden dis disaster. You know, so when those little things come in our life that would appear to be very negative... If we're men and women of self-control and reverence to who he is and know who he is, that that fear will not come in. We, we have an antidote to fear. And the antidote is faith. That's why I pray over our church that faith rises up in our church. That faith is a growing thing in our church. Faith is something that we don't want to reach as a plateau and say, well, I have faith. No, grant us more faith. Increase our faith. 
increase our faith. So then when, when issues of life come, and, and, and some of the issues of life is really for judgment to people with no faith, that we won't be caught up in it. Ah, I got to speak to myself now. Don't spend too many hours watching the news. You know, I heard one guy say, you can turn it on, watch it for 15 minutes, you'll know everything that's happening, you just turn it off and go to something else. Because uh, all they do is repeat it all day long, repeat, 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 repeat. And, and, um, and if we want to know the truth, you know, if we listen too much of the noises that are coming out of the world, uh, we don't want to be caught up as believers to believe lies, do we? The only truth that's out there is Jesus and who he is. And the word of God is truth. And I hope we're here, our ears are opening to hear that truth this morning. So, so part, of, part of our growing is that to guard your heart. Guard your heart above all things. Guard it. Be a watchman over your heart which now dovetails into uh, something that should be a um, product of guarding our heart and watching over our lives and, and keeping that connection with Jesus very much alive in our life. It says we're on to being slow to anger. Being slow to anger. You know, before I get into the verses, that was something that had, Nancy cannot believe it because I know who I was growing up, and I uh, uh, and and uh, and it didn't take much to me to go out of control, go out of control. You know, uh, one time my brothers Peter they they all laughed because they locked me out of the house. So my solution was push push my fist through the window, crash it, and open the door and get in. That was my that was me. I would just, you know, and anger so so can just uh, start here and come out so fast if we don't have self control. Then I remember one time I was really angry at everybody in the house. Man, oh man, you, you, for all of you that are blessed to be the middle born. I had that thing, everything is my fault. And so I would fight for my position. And one time I got so angry, I, I hurt my toe, but I kicked a hole in the door. Boom. And I was, my mom never fixed it because she wanted to remind me, that you got to get control of yourself, bro. Look at that hole in the, you know. And, and, but, you know, it was until it was I to, came to know Jesus that, Anger began to die. Anger began to die. And, and, it, and I tell you, it comes on so quickly, it's very important that I guard my heart. Uh, Nancy, being married, married with me for over 40 years, sometimes can't believe it. Because we die daily to ourselves, don't we? So to anger, so to anger. Proverbs sixteen thirty two. Better 
a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Now, now get the contrast there. A warrior, a marine, all equipped. I mean, nothing can stop him. And and and, and we're thinking now. We're thinking about an army taking a city, taking a city, and the city is is bent down to their knees over this army that's invading the city. And a patient man, a patient person, is greater than that warrior or a whole army that takes hold of the city. So I, you know, so self-control is, there's this one connection with being patient. In other words, don't let, let what trigger you control you. Patience is saying, I will patiently wait on the Lord. He's my helper. He's my defender. He's the one that will carry me through. So then Proverbs 14.29, whoever is patient has great understanding, but the one who is quick-tempered displays folly. And, and but I know that in my life because, because outbursts, you know, is, uh, is never, never helps. It usually makes things worse. It doesn't help. It always makes things worse. Um, <clears throat> then in uh, Proverbs fifteen eighteen, the hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms quarrels. And you know what? And I and and I remember. You know, you hear these stories from me because they're just part of my life. But uh, <clears throat> uh, people need to hear and know people that are steady and steadfast. They're in, unmovable. That know who they are. And, and it brings a benefit. One, one of the benefits that I remember, because as God was working in my heart and anger died, that all of a sudden, one of my employees from Italy, Tony DeFonso, his, his son in the parking lot of the high school he was going was stabbed through the stomach. And immediately they rushed him to surgery. And the, and the surgeon said, he's a very fortunate boy because if that would have been just a quarter inch over, it would have severed his artery and he would have never made it here. Well, for Tony, for Tony, that uh, up, raised up great anger and vengeance. You know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. And I saw Tony just his life being destroyed over anger of this young boy that almost took his son's life. So at the proper time, I went back to his department and had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Tony. I said, Tony, you know what? <sighs> your anger over this boy that almost took your son's life, I know that's horrific, and I can understand your feelings. But, Tony, I want to let you know that God so loves you 
that I want to let you know you're only hurting yourself. And I don't know how I know who can help you to even forgive that boy and set yourself free. But I'm inviting you to know that person. His name is Jesus. Tony shed a little tear, and and uh, we walk. I walked out of the conversation. But what happened to Tony was amazing, because he, him, and Linda came to know Jesus, and he got free of trying to display vengeance over that boy that almost took his son's life. You see, there's a there's a power force out there that's that's greater than ourselves. And I, and I love it. It says self-control. You almost think it's something that you have to do yourself. Self-control. But you know you need a partner working with you at self-control. His name is Jesus. And, and, there, there, and when you turn things over to him, when he says there, with me there's nothing impossible, sometimes we might think of that as some challenge or some provision or some help. But you know what? In a, in a real personal thing, there's nothing impossible for him is that he can heal your heart. He can change your heart. He changed mine. He can change yours. He can, he can take bitterness out of our life. He can take anger out of our life. He can take unforgiveness out of our life. But it's, it's that process as we go through life, allowing him to do that. Giving him invitation to do that in our lives. Until that happens, we, we can be walking as believers, but we can be stumbling around just like Samson that wanted his own way. Then Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh words stir up anger. You know, I, I put that to work all the time. I said, you know, and, and I've done the opposite. You know, having a prob anger problem, you know, somebody yells at me, I think I can get their attention by yelling louder. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden you got a yelling match. Who can yell the loudest? Yeah, you know, they, and, and, and and it says that 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 stirs up stirs up the argument and the process, right? But honestly, I really tried this. You know, when somebody's got really mad at me, I start talking real soft. Yeah, you're right. You know, wait, 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 what? Who? And he all of a sudden his tone goes down, and then you can talk with each other in a very constructive way. You know, you all know shouting doesn't help. Shouting louder doesn't get your point across. The loudest one is not always the victor. <laughs> then finally, finally, guard your heart. Self-control sustains you when anger wants to manifest itself. Very important as we 
see the seasons and the time changing. And I, there's stuff I hate about what's happening around me, but but anger won't change it. But going to the throne room of my Father in heaven and saying, God, you see all things, and it kind of tunes me down and causes me to pray more. Words count. Sometimes we all we don't think of self-control as guarding the words that come out of our mouth. Words count. Uh, God wants us to have this place, possibly in our own lives, to stop the words before they come out of our mouth. Think it through before you speak it out. Words count. The words of a reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Amazing perception that Solomon had. You know, words can kill worse than a rifle. Because, you know, you shoot somebody and they're dead. You speak words to them could affect their whole life. <clears throat> words of a recklessness pierce like a sword, like a weapon. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. You know, it's a uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going through that thought process. And, and especially at the moment when things are happening and everything else. And, and you never know, you, what we don't know all the time is when somebody says something that's hurtful and we want to fire back, that we don't know that those words came out of their insecurity. And, and, and you could kind of say, I don't need to fire back with my sword. I need what they really need from me, of words of encouragement, faith, and lifting them up. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm to the end. You know, it's a, back to that shouting match. Uh, fools give vent to their rage, you know, it's a uh, you know you talk angry to me, I'll talk angry to you, and and and, and all that causes escalation, and 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 it may and and you may part. I I I've seen it happen in my lifetime where where things that got so violent in words that the people never talk to each other again. And, and we as believers, uh, uh, we want to connect with people. We, we want to have, have communication with people. And we want our words just dripping with the sweetness of honey to show people God's love and grace and mercy and truth. The wise bring calm in the end. I want to be that kind of person, do you? I want, I want to be a person that I take, take heed to the words that come out of my mouth 
and, and have them just flowing with the love of God and flowing with encouraging people to their high potential in Jesus Christ to lift them up and not tear them down. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. <coughs> you know, that's about all that we're talking about is, is think it before you say it. Because I tell you, once it gets out, sometimes it's very hard to take it back. Very difficult. Very difficult. And whoever has understanding is even-tempered. We want our lives to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. We say it in church. We declare it in everything else. We say, you know, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, be the person that's influenced my life. But, but God knows knows our weaknesses our, and, and how sometimes you and I mess it up. And, and we have to go we have to go back to Samson again. We have to go back to him. I don't, Twyla, I thought the Holy Spirit gave me this so it's, I don't have anything on it. But Samson, Samson uh, was basically, here, here's a man called from God from a early life and, and called told the parents don't cut his hair you know let it grow he's anointed for me and yet yet through his whole life he displayed lack of self control what the, what the good news is about that whole section on judges about Samson that even in his messiness God never gave up on his destiny. God never gave up on his destiny. And, 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 and man, he was, uh, I'd say he had girl problems. You know? he, uh, and and he, he had something, he was going to get married and stuff like that, and he met this lion and killed this lion, and then he saw it again, he saw honey nest in the lion. So he made this great riddle. He says, uh, if you guys can figure out the riddle, you know, he made a wager, and he said, that's, that's the way it's going to be. So his, 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 his wife, amazing, he says, and one day she cried. Oh, Samson, oh, Samson, please tell me, tell me the riddle, please tell me. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. But I think she knew Samson's lack of self-control. It was amazing that she cried before him seven days. Amazing, that's the number of God. And she cried and cried and cried and cried. And, oh, Samson, oh, oh, these, I'm a Philistine and these are my people. Please tell me. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it a secret. I won't tell anybody. Please tell me, please tell me. For seven days, he, he, the first night should have been done. Hey, no, no, don't cry before me. I made up my mind, but Samson had weakness in his life. But God never, ever gave up on his future 
and cause for who God made them and what his call was. So after seven days, good old Samson, he broke down. He said, I trust you. You won't tell anybody. I trust you. Here it is. Here's, here's the riddle. Here's what it means. Went to her family. I found out. I found out. I broke that guy down, man. I broke him down. Here's the riddle. You could tell him. He got so mad about that. He, he took judgment on the Philistines. But then life went on, and he, was, he had a heart towards God. He, God knew his weaknesses. God knew his shortcomings and knew all about who Samson was. And, and finally, Delilah came along. And she pressed on Tell me. I won't tell me. Tell me the source of your strength. Please, tell me. Caved in again. I want you to know, as much as he caved in, God never forsook him. So he said it. And then, you know the story. They cut his hair, and he was, became weak. And he served grinding grain and mocked and laughed at. And he probably had remorse. Don't, don't we have remorse sometimes? We, Man, God, you know, I wish I'd, I would have done a better job at living. And he probably felt just an alienation from God himself. Do you ever feel that way? Like you say, you know, you... You start focusing on your performance rather than his provision. And it came time they were going to have a big celebration. A big celebration. They brought him to the temple of Dagon. He asked some young kids, tell me, lead me to the pillars. They're holding this whole thing up. Amazing, he now came back and called out to God. He said, Lord, just one more time. May I see what you built in my life manifested, the strength that you gave me. And the temple came down. He lost his life. I, I believe the scripture is correct that God knew about his shortcomings, knew about all his weaknesses, and yet he, God said, I will fulfill my plan in his life. And he killed 3,000 Philistines, died that day with him. I want to ask you something. If you feel discouraged and alienated and, and disconnected, uh, remember, God is full of just one more time. When he cried out with a sincere heart, just one more time, God. God is abundantly filled with your one more times. 
you're defined by who you know, not how well you've performed. You're defined by the God that loves you and forgives you and cleansed you and washed you from all unrighteousness. You're defined on who he is, not who you always are. Therefore, when we see the time coming to an end, remember who you are. Watch out over your words. And know that you're a God. You serve a God that's full of love and forgiveness over your life. And his desire is that his, he would be known by what your life is. So that brings us to a conclusion here. And we have to take a look now and go back to 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For the Spirit of God gives... Uh, the Spirit of God does not... Uh, the Spirit of God gave us... does not make us timid. Or, or, or kind of shrugging back from approaching the God that so loves us. But... Gives us power. Gives us love. And self-discipline. Or another word actually used there is self-control. So, it's, it, it's, God doesn't want us to alienate ourselves from him. But when you, when you feel inadequate and not up to what you think you should be, Go running to his throne of grace. Go running to his throne. And I had a vision this morning. I really never had that before this morning. I actually, I was, went into the throne room. And usually, typically, when I, when I have a vision of going to that throne room of God, I just see one person there. But this morning, I saw the Father and Jesus at his right side. And I, and I heard out of heaven that He's enough for me. He's all I ever needed. He's my love. He's my forgiveness. He's my advocate. He's the one that's, that's rooting. He's my cheerleader. He's my helper. He's my everything. So I, I, was, well, I was in this place while we were, God was just doing things at 8.30, 9.30 in the morning, seeing myself at the throne room and gaining confidence in the relationship I have with my Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. So, what I was seeing was, He gives me power. He gives me love. And, 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 that, and that love is not just all about me and for me. That love burning in my heart gives me a love for other people even when they're going through messy that I don't see their messy. I just see the God that loves them and the God that's going to take them out of their messy and show him his grace and mercy and love. And, and I, that means that positions me to be Jesus and positions all of us. We're actually Jesus' hands and feet on the earth. 
how 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 are we loving others even in their messy and then self discipline that's that's a that's a tough one but it's not an impossible one because when I was hearing from God this morning when we say nothing is impossible for God I want to make that really personal to all of us to the areas where you think man I can't get it right I struggle in this area I just struggle 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 that you belong to the God that's nothing is impossible that he can take that kind of I'll just call it ugly in ourselves and say you're loved you're forgiven you're and I only think kindly on you not judgmentally amen so father thank you lord for this journey you took me on looking on this fruit of knowing you called self control i thank you lord that that you're the god that that encouraged me as i see your coming possibly hastily coming i i see lord i see that i need to guard my heart i need to watch over my words i need to be slow to anger and father god you're the god that that i might view as impossible that says all things are possible even that nancy who never knew me in my younger ages cannot ever that can even see anger in my life because you have done the perfect work in me and you are willing to do a perfect work in all of us in Jesus name and now let's worship him with a loud voice and just saying how amazing our god is how loving he is how perfect he is how kind he is how good he is that there's nothing too great within our own lives or what we see outside of our lives outside of our lives that god cannot change and make like that first song and make all things new amen